to the What's Next podcast, episode four of the Sports Edition. Thank you all for joining me, and we actually have some amazing news. I started this. I started this What's Next podcast, the brand new. Well, actually, I started the C2S podcast originally February of 2021, and then I rebranded it at the end of the summer to the What's Next podcast. Cup not too long ago. I think has it been a month, Nick? Has it been a month since? I think I, we did. The sports edition, and I got Nick, my boy Nick Provenzato, to come with me. And now, in less than a year, we hit over 1,000 followers on Instagram, and this is huge fucking news. We are amongst the top like up and coming sports podcasts out there, or actually podcasts in general out there right now on Instagram in terms of just following. So you all have done it, and y'all have stayed with me, um, even though during times I haven't uploaded as much as I wanted to, I haven't been able to do what I can for you. But lately, we have been on on the grind we have been working hard i've been working hard nick has and we are finally at 1000 followers on instagram and it's thanks to all of you staying with me and supporting me and you know helping in any way you can so i appreciate each and every single one of you for that and uh you know it inspires me to keep going and you know do this every week you know i'm a person that got a lot of stuff to do in my personal life i got work got i got the gym i got uh life in general can be hard enough so it's just like thank you each and every one of you for you know, making sure I keep going and keep on working hard on this. I just wanted to start off with that and tell you how much I appreciate y'all. Now, let's get to the sports podcast. Nick, hey, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? And just to add on what Chanel was uh, just talking about earlier, I'm so, so, so happy to be a part of this podcast now. And uh, it's not just to just thought it was a fun idea when he first proposed the idea to me, but it was also to really just help my friend put out more content. And boy, like you said, we are on a roll right now. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see where this, where, where, where this, podcast goes from now on so we're almost at a thousand followers on instagram so please follow us you could, like i said you can check this podcast on spotify rss apple podcast help us grow man we're, we're about to be we're about to go up in the world so let's go i love how nick finally remembers where to get the episodes we're at 1000 we're at 1000 followers my guy we are at 1,021 subscribers at the current moment. Oh, That's we what we're are. celebrating. We are celebrating 1,000 okay. followers. And especially this week, after the after the after after episode three of the What's Next podcast, we, we killed it, especially on RSS.com. You guys have been showing so much support on that platform. You've all been showing support on Apple Podcasts. You know, both links to the What's Next podcast, not only just the sports edition, but my podcast in general. I'm coming out with another episode very soon. I'm coming out with episode six. I'm going to keep a secret what the episode's about, but episode six is going to be a big one. I actually think it can be even bigger than Mr. Andrew Tate, uh, that episode. So that's so I'm I'm extremely excited for that. That's coming out really soon. I just want you all to know. I know it's been a while. We've been busy with the sports podcast and growing that platform, but episode six is coming out very soon. So stay on tune. And, I mean, stay tuned and keep watch out for that because that's going to be Hopefully one of the biggest episodes, if not the biggest episode I have on this podcast. So I just, you know, can't wait to share that with you. Enough of my little chatter. Before we get started, real, real quick, y'all know what to do. You can find this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, I mean Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, RSS.com, and Apple Podcasts. Both of the links to the Apple Podcasts and the Spotify podcast for the West Next Podcast is in my Instagram profile. So you can check those out. All you have to do is hit the links on those and it takes you right to all the episodes of the West Next Podcast that I have shared with each and every single one of you. You can follow the Instagram on underscore West Next Podcast underscore. Nick, we have hit 1,021 followers on Instagram and we're going to continue. That's not where it ends. 
we we're gonna go for two thousand then we're gonna go for three thousand we're just gonna continue growing this until i don't feel like growing this anymore but that's gonna be a long long time from now so we're gonna just keep on going we're gonna keep on supporting we're gonna keep on working and and this is the team effort this is the team effort i I put out content for you you show me love this is gonna work beautifully so i just can't wait to do this and now we had a pretty interesting week three you know I, i wouldn't say it was quite as exciting as week two but for me it was on a personal level, on a Miami level, the person who uh, did some growing up in West Palm, Ble- West Palm Beach, Florida, it was a special week for me. It, sh- it showed me that, you know, you can't count me, you can't count the Miami Dolphins out, you know. We have suffered through enough. We haven't been to the playoffs since 2009, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. But I think it's a new day. I think it's a new age, and I'm excited for it. So week three was good for me. Nick, you're not a Miami Dolphins fan. You're a Tampa Bay Losers fan. But give me your thoughts on week three. All right. That was the by far the corniest joke you've ever made on this podcast. But, you know, besides the point, um, this coming from the kid who didn't even uh, give his quarterback a chance of the Bills last week. No confidence. You have voted no confidence in him last week. But now yeah, uh, we, we did lose. I'll say that we did lose. And uh, we lost to an offense that only scored 14 points and we only scored 12 uh not exactly the best when you have the goat at quarterback but hopefully we'll bounce back next week we still lead the south so that's good and you know i guess on a personal level let's just uh, i'm just ready to move on and we're ready to just dive on to the rest of the games on our podcast this week you got to move forward you know you got to move forward they're facing the kansas city chiefs um next week i think on sunday night football so that's going to be a big up that's going to be a big matchup for week four but let's dive into week three real quick before we do i just want to quickly and i'm kidding we're not going to do that now Let's just get into it. Let's just straight up get into it. Steelers and Browns was a Thursday night matchup. The Browns went and beat the Steelers at home. They took care of business 29 to 17. Nick, what's your thought on this game? All right. So the Steelers and the Browns. Wow. These two franchises doesn't look like they have the, the quarterback uh, of their future involved uh, right, as of right now. When you're talking about either Mitchell Grubisky or Jacoby Brissett. But, you know, the Browns ultimately got it done because as I've been hammering for the last couple of weeks on this podcast, the Steelers offense isn't that good if you can't get any of the uh, any of the balls out to the receivers to make plays and that's just what's going to happen when you have mitchell trubisky at the quarterback now if you look at the stat sheet it'll say that mitch did good but if you watch the game you know that he was struggling he was holding the ball too much and he ultimately just didn't do enough offensively against a a, a browns team that looked like it was just really heavily relying on the run and they had some chance to, to put him away i mean they they I mean, Deontay Johnson made that amazing, beautiful catch in that game. I think it was Jordan Pickett, actually. Or was it, was it George Pickett? Pickett? It was George Pickett. Sorry, Jordan Pickens. Yeah, my bad. Pickens made the catch, but Johnson went off. He went. He had eight yeah. receptions for eighty-four yards. The average ten, ten point average uh, per per uh, reception. And yeah, the offense. It looked like it could go at times, but it wasn't ultimately enough to Cleveland Browns. And the Browns running attack did what they usually do, and they wear out their defenses, and that's what happened. And the Steelers' defense is only as good. The Steelers is only as good as their defense, and that's what happened in the game. And yeah, Browns win. Steelers. I I would say next week if Trubisky can't get it done again, I'd highly, highly, highly suggest that Tomlin put in the kid Kenny Pickett because the dude's like 24 years old. Uh, he's basically like, you know, like an older like rookie. So, like, he could start coming to the, into the role and do some stuff that maybe Mitchell Trubisky limits you by doing. So I think that they should roll with that next week, another week after, if Trubisky does bad next week. Wow. You don't think that's too soon to call him out there? Um, you don't think that's too soon? Well, listen, bro. I mean, Tomlin, Tom, Mike Tomlin 
doesn't have a losing record. Am I am I wrong about that? Like he just You're not wrong about that. He went eight and eight one year, but he did he does not have a losing record. I think he wants to keep that streak, and I think that Trubisky just limits you overall as an offense. I he has a winning career record as a, as a starting quarterback, but when you look at those games, it was the Bears defense, and where did he go to with also good defense, the Steelers defense? So it's just a reoccurring thing. He's athletic. He can make some plays sometimes, uh, and then like he just just kind of gets bailed out. Uh, against against bad teams, against his really good against his really good defense on, on on the other side of the ball. So he's very limited. It's all it's not it's not a, it's not like a fiction. It's fact. Uh, Trubisky just isn't that guy. So yeah, I, I would make the call if Tomlin doesn't want to go eight. Uh, want to go like seven to nine? I'd make the call. That's a pretty hot take, Nick. All right. So I I personally don't think I thought I think it's a little soon. I think I think you're just pushing it just a little bit there. But you know what? Can't blame a guy for wanting to win, so you know I, I'm not even gonna hate on that. Speaking of a game, I kind of hate on. Um, I, after seeing the Jets win in week two, I just kind of want to see them succeed, you know. And I don't know why, cause they're in my division, they're in my Miami Dolphins division, but I just have a soft spot for the Jets right now. But you know, one miracle ain't gonna equal two for them. The Bengals went ahead, went to the Jets, went to MetLife, and uh, pretty much beat the shit out of the Jets uh, uh yesterday. So real quick, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, so yeah, I do have a little soft spot for the Jets just because we are from the New Jersey area and we have a lot of fans that are Jets and Giants. Uh, so I kind of am liking how both the New York teams got a win last week, but I mean, the miracle was there for them last year when they beat the Bengals with Mike White. Remember that? (laughs) I I want to see it again. I want to see it again too, but, uh, just, it just wasn't in you know, the playbook for this, this, this outing out. So yeah, Joe Flacco threw the ball for 52 times and he, and he only completed 28 passes and he got intercepted twice. Not the best look. Joe Burrow looked back in form. He completed 23 passes of 36 attempts for 275 yards and three tutties. Uh, he got uh, Tyler Boyd involved with 105 yards. Higgins got five receptions for 93 yards. Chase had a little bit, six receptions, but not that much. But overall, it was a productive day for the Bengals. I personally picked the Bengals to win the the uh, AFC uh, North, so I would like them to get back into form. I'm I'm a big believer in Joe Burrow. I think that he came in early in the season, and I think that he kind of was overwhelmed by fighting a really good uh, team uh, defense in the Steelers, and I think that he needs to find his mojo back. So. Fighting a bad team like the Jets will probably do that to you. So that's this is the next step. The Bengals should try to focus on getting back in. I don't know. I think they have a tough game against the Miami Dolphins next week. I'm just not sure if that's going to work out. But, you know, Joe Burrow looked good today when he was, I mean, on yesterday when he was supposed to. You're supposed to look good against the Jets. Thankfully, he did his work. My takeaway from this game is not really about the game. It was more so about a fan duel bet that I did. I'm not sure how many of y'all do sports betting. I put, I kind of budget. Uh, where I have like a little sports betting thing. I won one, Brandon and I, you, thank you for scoring the first touchdown of the game, you know, yesterday night. So I appreciate that. But I expected Jamar Chase to go off and uh, get over 150 yards re- uh, receiving. And boy, did he uh, not do that. And it cost me a total of five total dollars, which is a shame. But that was my takeaway from the game. I just wanted to, you know, let it be known that I'm a little disappointed there. And then I have, a, I have, a, I have a major disappointment coming up uh, pretty soon with FanDuel. And I will... Hopefully not rant too hard about that. But speaking of a game I'm not going to rant too hard about, or maybe I will actually, because the Raiders, they lose again to the Tennessee Titans on the road, 24-22, at least it was a close game. What do you think of this? So, um, yeah, Oakland Raiders, man, 
How about a team that I was also kind of dead wrong about coming in? I really thought that they would at least be the uh, second seed in the in the AFC. Sorry, the second the second place team in the AFC West, and it's looking like they're going to be the last uh, way that things are going so far. And I just the Titans just looked so lousy in the last couple weeks and for them to come out and just like play and lose another tough game they lost a tough game last week against the cardinals and they, they lose another tough game against the tennessee titans and boy like the tennessee, this, lo- tennessee lost a game to themselves i mean you mean the raiders you said the titans that's why i was confused oh, I'm like, what oh, you my, bad, my bad I'm, my bad yeah that, i mean yeah, i mean the raiders, the raiders on, i talked the raiders, on the west next podcast yo well, well the, 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 accountable. the raiders <laughs> The Raiders let themselves lose against the Cardinals. That was That's that was obvious. that was obvious. The Titans kind of ran away with it, and the Raiders had a t- chance to tie it at the end, but they couldn't complete that conversion. And um, yeah, I mean, just the, I'm sorry, just like this whole team just doesn't look like it's functioning well. Um, Carr just doesn't look accurate as he as we're mostly just seeing. The run game isn't really doing it a whole lot of service, and it's just I mean, like it's just looking like that this team is really just trying to stay afloat. And just trying to figure things out. And while I think the Bengals are going to, I don't have the same faith in the Raiders going to. And they they lost to a team that I think was personally lousy. So Raiders have to go back to the drawing board again and again and again. And uh, Titans, I mean, I still don't have a lot of faith in the Titans, but you know, that it's two teams I don't really have a lot of faith in. So that's my thoughts on the game. I might be jumping the ship a little bit here, but I think it might be time next season. I think you should let the Raiders finish out this season. I'm kind of done with them. I just Derek Carr usually is a baller in the first half and then kind of suffers the second half. Maybe it'll be the reverse this season. You never know, but it might be, just be time to overhaul this whole Raiders team. You know, it might be time to just make, let, Jack, let Josh Jacobs go because you haven't really even been using him, let alone him doing well. And then Derek Carr, whether, whether you think he's good or not, and I personally think he's good. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think his time at the Raiders just honestly just come to an end at this point. Clearly, they aren't going to win a Super Bowl there with him uh, and not get the success they're looking for. So it might just be time to uh, get rid of that, this whole thing, and try to start fresh, start new. Nick, real quick, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, here at the what, What's Next podcast, uh, we, we are big fans of Big Boy Derek. And uh, we uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been in this quarter for a while. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that the, him or the Raiders are really benefiting from this marriage that they've been going on. And I just think that every marriage at some point, especially nowadays, needs to go through a bit of a rough patch what they're doing right now and eventually ends up in a divorce. And I think that divorce, sorry about my Colin Cowherd uh, divorce analogies, but I had to throw that in there for anybody who watches his show. He basically said every marriage should end in a divorce right there. No, I mean, I said said most 21st century marriage, you know, they end in a divorce, they go through a rough patch and then what do they do? They end up in a divorce. And this, we are heading towards the divorce stage, in my opinion, of Derek Carr's yeah. tenure, the, the Raiders and Derek Carr's marriage in in uh, a Raiders jersey. So I feel like he's going to go somewhere else next season. I think they're either looking to trade him or do something else with him. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, it's just not in, you know, their plans to really move forward. With. I agree. Baker Mayfield got his first win at the Carolina Panther at home against the Saints, 22-14. to Nick, what was your thoughts on this game? Ah. <sighs> So as of la- as of last um, year, when last week actually, when I uh, kind of called out the Saints fans for talking shit, and then having their asses completely obliterated by the Bucks D, and they they really had the faith, they really thought they really thought that Jameis Winston was going to lead them to the promised land. Been there, done that, but you know that's neither here nor there. Listen, Saints looked awful. Panthers. Yeah. I think should relatively bounce back and try to get into some sort of form and, you know, try to pick up a win. And, uh, you know, that's what they did. Uh, you know, their schedule is tough. We'll see how they react to other opponents. But, you know, it was a good win, a, a win that they should have gotten against a weak opponent, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah, good on good on Carolina. What's good for Carolina that Christian McCaffrey 
kind of looks back to form again. I wouldn't quite say prime Christian McCaffrey, but he's looking a lot better than he used to. Mainly because he's playing a lot longer than he used to. By now, he usually gets injured. But, you know, he actually took 25 carries for 108 yards. That's always good. He was catching the ball somewhat. He had two receptions this game, but it seemed like they were trying to get him the ball a little more this game. So I think it's good that they're, you know, finally involving Christian McCaffrey and uh, adding something that used to be a major, major part of that offense. So I like that for them. Speaking of major offense, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens go into Foxborough and whoop on the Patriots 37-26. to High-scoring affair. What do you think? You know, I don't actually think that game is really to talk about. I feel like more of the Matt Jones injury was something more to talk about by the it end really of the game. It really is, yeah. Yeah, it was just unfortunate. Um, unfortunate. Yeah, it was unfortunate injury. Um, You know, he just... he. I, I don't know how to how to really ex- explain. Like, I, I think the injury was, I think he tweaked something maybe in his knee or his leg. And he was, like, screaming in pain, like, as he was coming off the field. And then they had to get him down those those steps that they come out the locker room at Gillette. And boy, oh my God. Did that look, he, apparently, some people who saw him coming down the stairs said that he was still screaming in pain because he had to go down. They had to carry him down like every step. I, it doesn't look good. I haven't really heard you know much from the Patriots side of what the injury is, but it looks like to be a season-ending injury. It just looks that way. Um, so, and, yeah. so what I heard is that it's a very severe high ankle sprain, and I know it's going to take him out for a week. I'm not sure if they're quite saying career-ending injury. I'm not sure if they're going to put... I think what they might do is put him on injury reserve. I forgot who their backup quarterback is. I think that's going to uh, be... Um, uh, did I say career ending? I meant season ending. No, no, I, I, I'm not sure if it's quite going to be season end, ending. I think because it's a high ankle sprain. Obviously, he's going to be out for a multitude of games. My question is whether they put him on injury reserve so they can open up another roster spot. Uh, and then I'm also wondering who is the backup quarterback for the Patriots after Mac Jones? I, I don't even remember. Bad um, Jones on my part, but whatever. I, no, I mean, like, I mean, let's be honest. We're fans of other teams, and we don't really. I think, oh, I think it's Bailey Zap. Bailey Zap came out of uh, uh, where did he come out of? Western Kentucky. Western, yeah, Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Yeah, they. I forgot what when they drafted him. Oh, they drafted him last. Okay. They, he, really was the round, he was 137, pick 137. Interesting. Oh, okay. Kind of interesting. Interesting. So late I mean, round quarterback. You know, maybe he'll step up. Uh, do I think so? Probably not. But, you know, nice, I mean, nice to dream if you're a Patriots fan. I mean, we've seen, like, Belichick, like, go in the draft. And we've seen him, like, take QBs at, like, at, the, at those picks. You know what I mean? At those, like, either second or late round picks. A la Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jared Stidham. Uh, and now, well, does Jared Stidham really count? I mean, yes, because they drafted him. I'm talking about just dra- the draft in general yeah and then you know they just it just seems like that this is the route that they're going and like it's kind of just like i guess for the rest of bill's tenure i don't even think that i mean i i can totally see the comparisons of how mac is similar to brady in terms of like his like he's a pretty much a pocket qb and he'll try to read what the coach is telling him or where the reads will be so that's very brady-esque in the terms of how how his rookie season is like kind of went um and you know he did look probably the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks that he was going up against you know when he got drafted but that's neither here nor there i feel like the rest of the patriots 10 10 tenure at least under bill belichick is that they're going to just fan out how this season is going to go who knows we might get a belichick retire at the end of this season he's getting he up there. 70 years old he is 70 i mean pete carroll's 70 and he's making catches he's getting one one one-handed catches in practice bill bill's not like that bill's not, bill's not like that so, not like so, um, uh yeah i mean who knows? We could hear some retirement at the end of the season. I, I just listen. If I'm a Patriots fan, like I, this is just smells bad news, and I wouldn't 
really give myself a whole lot of, you know, like positivity towards the end of the season or how the season is going to go with not going. You got to hope for the best if you're a Patriots fan, but in my opinion, it's not looking that good. Speaking of situations that don't look that good if you're a Lions fan, which actually, you know what, I'm going to scratch that because you know what, the Lions have impressed me this season. And even after a loss, they still impressed me. They, although they lost to the Vikings final, on like the final play of the game, Jared Goff really tried to like heave the ball last second, but it was a true just like I'm just gonna throw it up in the air, see what happened, and it landed pretty much right in the hands of their safe of the Viking safety, and then the game was over. Uh, but nice try, Lions. I think you all got something going for you, but you did lose 28 to 24 uh, away against the Vikings. What do you think of this matchup? This was one of the matchups that I thought could have been the upset. I really did think that the Lions had a pretty good chance coming into the game anyway, because it looked like that the Vikings weren't going to be in the best of sorts after getting smacked around by the Eagles last week. But uh, you know, honestly, if you look at the numbers between like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. I mean, other than take away touchdowns and interceptions alone, it was almost identical. Jared Goff went 25 of 41, 277, and Kirk Cousins went 24 of 41 for 260. I mean, these quarterbacks, they basically they barely completed like half of their passes. You know what I mean? But like they they it just wasn't a very good like in my opinion. If you're anywhere between like 50 percent uh, as a quarterback in nowadays NFL, not exactly going to have best game. So um or the best game for your offense on the field. So both the teams they they did struggle a little bit throwing it to the air cook cook does what uh dalvin cook does and he had 96 yards 17 carries Thielen had 61 yards kj osborne has had 73 yards and then on the lion's side like i said i talked about jared goff jamal williams went at it at 87 yards swift had 31 yards uh reynolds had 96 yards catching equinomia st brown at 73 so yeah it was a tight game overall but it really just came down to that last drive and the last play where jared goff threw it up and honestly it was a bad pass to make and uh yeah i mean I, listen jared's got to know that that's not the time to do that and you know you live to fight another down and that's just like what the league has become now you live to fight the next down so you play for the next down don't play for the air ball miracle at the end especially when you have like i think they had like a minute left in the game still so they easily could have gone down the field in a couple plays if they if they had the right play calls but they couldn't do it in the end i still have high hopes for this lion squad and i think that you know they're still gonna they're, they have a dog in them they're gonna keep fighting week by week but um yeah i guess it's a good bounce back game for the vikings and the lions don't be discouraged you guys will be fine. i hundred percent I 100% agree with your analysis right there. <clears throat> this I need some water. Uh, <laughs> so before I go get water, let's talk about Eagles and the Commanders. The Eagles did a, proceeded to do another beatdown on a team. Uh, they decided to beat down on their division rivals, the Washington Commanders, 24 to 8. The Washington Commanders didn't get their eight until the final quarter. Um, and they absolutely mollywopped and dominated the first quarter, giving them dolo at the half and the third quarter. So uh, really nice win by the Eagles and them and the Miami Dolphins are. The only 3-0 teams in the league right now. So the Eagles are looking fantastic, which is good for our area, especially my area because I'm from South Jersey. So I, I know a lot more Eagles fans. Um, but in Jersey, there's quite a few Eagles fans because uh, let's be honest, the Giants and the Jets aren't too much to cheer about right now. What do you think? Um, well... Well, let's just say that this is one of the games that I was watching because one, it was on TV. Two, that uh, my brother is a big Eagles fan. If I mentioned on the podcast before, so he he's really yeah. happy. He's really happy that uh, you know that uh, Jalen Hurts is really coming into his own and is really becoming a very fine quarterback. Excuse me, fine quarterback in this league. And I, I've always had faith in Jalen, and this game kind of proved it. Proved my my uh, faith in Jalen Hurts, and uh, you know I feel like that he has a tougher task ahead of the schedule. But you know we're just gonna have to see you know what goes on from here. But as for the for the uh, um. Oh my god that whole washington football football now they're commanders now i'm not gonna call them the football team now the 
commanders now. It doesn't matter I'm what you R word. Yeah, you can't use the R word anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, um, I just I don't have a lot of things to say about this squad, boy. I mean, Carson Carson looked awful, but like at the end of the day, this team looked awful. Like I mean, like in every sort of the word, like this team played bad. Like uh, especially like Carson and trying to air out the ball, and he also didn't have time either because that O line, I think ate like nine sacks that day they got to that quarterback the whole time and i don't think in that in in that building i think everybody was grinning from ear to ear seeing carson wentz go down in a commander's uniform so nine times, yeah yeah so i mean um yeah they, the philly, philly fans should be happy they i think you and you and you and philly are the only teams that are still three and oh if i'm not mistaken yes sir, yes, uh, sir. the giants do it tonight then they will be a three and oh team something to look out for but we'll get to that you know Hopefully, well, well, we won't get to it because we're not reviewing. It. It's going to happen tonight. We're but, talk um, about it, though. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, it's just a uh, exciting fan to exciting time to be an Eagles fan right now. And I, I said, you, you guys are going to enjoy this season. I will say this though, one thing to last thing to add about this game. My brother, who's a big Eagles fan, as I mentioned, said that the one thing that he noticed from this game from the last week's game was that they each scored 24 points and then they kind of like stalled at, at the end of the game. That's his one biggest complaint with the Eagles that they seem to go up by 24 points or score 24 points and then they seem to stall out and the offense doesn't do virtually anything in the in the uh next in the in the fourth quarter and then they kind of rely on their defense the whole time to carry them so that's just one thing to look out for but as of right now the eagles have nothing to worry about they should be fine for the next couple of weeks i'm glad you brought that up because i think that is a good thing to look out for so i'll make sure to be aware of that next time I watched the Eagles games in week four. Speaking of week four and just craziness, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes lost to the Indianapolis Colts 20-17. I might have never seen on TV. Like, I, I don't usually watch Kansas City games because I'm just like, man, I know they're going to win. I did watch this game quite a bit. And uh, I never seen them look so disappointing, and in particular the off. That offense looked very disappointing against a team that at the time didn't win a game, and the week before got absolutely destroyed um, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just an absolute annihilation, annihilation of a team. Like it was freaking embarrassing. Matt Ryan looked shitty, and you know Matt Ryan didn't even look that great here, but he did just enough to win. I mean, just what are your thoughts on this game? Because I could go on all day about how disappointing the Kansas City Chiefs were this game. I mean. I wouldn't say that he looked completely shitty because he didn't get two touchdowns and then he had he had 27 of 37 for 222 yards, so it couldn't have been that shitty. But yeah, I mean, I just expected Ryan to do what he did in this game and to be a game. I'm manager. talking about the Jaguars game. Oh, because the Jaguars. Well, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, the Jaguars game. He looked absolutely shitty. He no, you're right about that. He looked absolutely shitty. Thanks for clarifying that. But uh, he just in this game, he did just enough to win this game with the with the uh, with the Chiefs uh, against the Chiefs, and then like uh, Mahomes and I don't know if you if anybody saw that altercation on the sideline between Mahomes and uh, Eric Bieniemy. Where they were kind of arguing with each other. Don't know what it was discussed about it. Possibly play calling. Possibly like like how the offense is stalling right now. And it just didn't look. Andy Reid had to like separate the two because they were yelling at each other and uh, just didn't look very good from any of the sides. Uh, any any area from the Kansas City Chiefs that game. I mean, Schuster did well, 89 yards. You know, but that was really the only receiver to really count for. Uh, McKinnon only had like 20 yards on seven carries. That sucked. And uh, uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, had 71 yards. So it wasn't really a big productive day for him him well like i said this was a very low scoring game i expected the chiefs to win by a large margin and they currently went down to one of the teams that nobody has faith in in week three and i don't know what this smells for kc i mean if they come out looking like this against an opponent this bad like what 
what is happening. So there, I don't blame fans for having their eyebrows raised for this for this uh, win because the Colts shouldn't have won, in my opinion. They're one, one, and one. They have a one win. They have one time. They have one loss, and they and they just beat a team that we all think might be in the AFC Championship uh, this upcoming season again. So you know that's a. Uh, I mean, not mine, because I didn't predict them to, but, you know, that's a different story. But, yeah, Colts win. Let's see how they do in the South now with that win. And the uh, Chiefs, uh, they need to just figure out how to be dominant the next week. And now I want to get quickly through. I'm not sure if you feel the same way about this game, but the irrelevant game of the week, uh, the Bears versus the Texans. The Bears, on a last-second field goal, beat the Texans. So they won barely 23-20. to What do you think about this game? If yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch this game. Uh, I thought that when I ranked when I ranked both these teams, I said that the Texans would be at the last of the AFC South, and I said that the Bears would be in the last in the AFC North. And uh, they uh, just it just it was like an ugly match. It was very low scoring. The only thing of note from this match, to be honest, I paid attention to was that oh, this is Lovey Smith's like homecoming back to Chicago after all these years. But other than that, it really wasn't anything to write home about. Only thing I could, I really just, really just rubbed me the wrong way about this match was that I really did think that Davis Mills was going to be at least a decent quarterback. But after this performance, he, ha- I've lost all faith in him. And easy, I mean, he did well at the end of last season, but now it's easy to say that he is clearly not somebody who can even hold down a starting quarterback spot for a team. So he's most definitely probably going to be gone next season, or if not, probably going to be in a backup role. Yeah, nothing really to it. Bears win. Uh, I don't really see much more things coming from these teams anyway. I mean, even though the Bears are, what, 2-1 and one now? I just yeah. don't see... I, I Honestly, I still don't see that the Bears really, uh, you know, advancing to, too far into having a very good record this season anyway. Well, it was nice of you to have some faith in Davis Mills, David Mills. I think he'll appreciate that. Uh, now, the Jaguars whooped on the Colts last week, and I just thought, like, all oh, the Colts were just really shitty. No, the Jaguars actually whooped even, to me, even worse on the chargers this week 38 to 10 on the road i mean this this one shocked me possibly even more than the kansas city game so i just want to know your thoughts on this game oh my god so oh you talk about disappointment how about somebody how about a super bowl favorite that we all thought was going most people think they're going to win the west and they dropped to one and two against the team that we all thought was still rebuilding and we all thought that was that was going to be under a new regime with Doug Peterson, it was going to be like this long process of still taking this team to like develop and, you know, become a team in the future. But now, boy, did Trevor Lawrence look good this game. Did he look great? He had 28 completions of 39 attempts, 266 yards and three touchdowns. James Robinson did his thing on the ground. He had 100 yards. Uh, ETN only had like 45 yards. Uh, Jones had 85 yards. Kirk had 72 yards receiving. Uh, yeah, and then on the Chargers side, boy, it's just disappointment. Herbert did not look good. Uh, I don't know if that that rib injury is still like ailing him. I did say last week on the podcast that like they should probably like s- sit him until we know that he's fully healthy. It just didn't look that way for me. I just didn't think that he looked very healthy. I mean, and the only way they were gonna win is if. If, is if he like aired out the ball because this Jaguars team just swarmed and just like killed, they especially killed their rushing attack. Like, geez, they only they only had 22 yards rushing from their lead back, Michelle. And uh, yeah, I mean, they just couldn't get anything done uh, on the air or to the ground, Chargers, because even though Herbert almost had 300 yards passing, only 10 points to put up. So, Jags, uh, a lot of people had him as a sleeper team, and uh, those people, one of them be me, 
Why the Chanel? And um, the Jags are proving y'all right. So good on everybody who who really uh, appreciated uh, the Jags doing well. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence. I'm happy for Doug Peterson. I'm just happy to see this team do well. So we'll see what they happens next week. I think they do play the Eagles next week. So Doug Peterson's coming back to Philly. He has a statue in Philly. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Chargers, y'all need to step up big. And I actually don't blame Herbert Herbert too much on this one. I just want to add that I, I blame pretty much everything else around him. The defense, the off defense, all the offense around him. Because, like you said, 26 yards rushing in total in that game is abysmal. I mean, I know Austin Eckler was hurt, but you need to do more than 26 yards even with him hurt. So, like, well, well, I was just up. saying that Michelle had 22 yards total. But let's see, to- like total yards, they had what? They had seven plus five. That's 12. They got 34. And they also had negative eight yards. So you go back. That's that's whoa. I think that is 26. Wow. How'd you know that? I can read a stat sheet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, keep going. I can read a stat sheet, Nick. There's other people to do the math, but it's okay. Let's get to the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams, Super Bowl champs, went into Arizona and defeated the Cardinals 20 to 12. What are your thoughts? Um, it just, just seems like that this is what the Rams were kind of supposed to do. I mean, if anything, when I thought the Rams and when I saw the Rams and the Cardinals on their respective schedules, and I, I know that they're a division opponent and you can never really count division opponents out in any scenario, especially in the NFCs for any of the NFC East fans. But with the, with this game, with these teams, it's a different story. I mean, the Rams just looked dominant the whole way through. Stafford, it had 18 of 25. Uh, he had 249 yards. You know, I think at this point, I still think that Stafford has more interceptions and touchdowns this season. He played it relatively safe this game, but I'm very weary about Stafford later down the line against very like better like better teams like overall. And I think that they just trounce the Cardinals every chance that they're gonna get. Uh, and I just think that the Rams kind of established their you know their dominance against the Rams this game. I mean, the defense was certainly there. Acres were certainly there. Cup was there. This whole team was really there to, um, you know, advance this ball down the field as much as they could, and then they get get the get the tough win, twenty to twelve. And then Murray Murray had almost through sixty passes. He threw through fifty eight attempts, and he completed thirty seven. Connor didn't do really much on the ground, but Marquise Brown did have one hundred forty forty yards. So they they and uh, uh, Dorch and Ertz had eighty and forty five respectively. But uh, it just wasn't enough. This defense is very good, and I think that for somebody who I think is clearly regressing at the quarterback position, I still think that the Rams are very much a threat because of their defensive presence and because they got boys like Dar- uh, Donald and uh, Ramsey on the other side of the ball. So, yeah, Rams win. Cardinals, we'll see how these guys go the rest of the season, but I don't know. We do have that hard knocks, that midseason hard knocks that they're going to be the team of, so that'll be pretty interesting. That is true, and I know you're going to have fun with this game. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let you take it away. I'm just going to quickly say the score. The Packers won. 14 to 12. Nick, just just go ahead, man. Uh, well, uh, what's it called? I had I literally had a headache after I watched this game. Like, honestly, not even for the Bucks, but for the Packers, too. Like, Jesus. This was a very boring game to watch, people. Like, oh, my God. Like, I know that, you yeah. know, I, I, I just, you know, like, geez. It's just really, really, really frustrating when you have two quarterbacks who are considered the respective goats in categories. Tom Brady's considered the goat of all goats in the NFL. And Rodgers considered like the, the greatest like athlete, most accurate quarterback of all time. And then we had this match where this final score was 14 to 12. Jeez. Like Rodgers didn't look that well. Brady didn't look that Brady. Oh my God. Brady. This dude has me contemplating why this man got out of retirement. I'm sorry to say it. I'm really sorry. But boy, you come out against Dallas and you suck in the red zone. And then you come out against the Saints, and you obviously suck against the Saints because Tom Brady sucks against the Saints in the regular season. He doesn't suck when it counts. 
But the regular season, the Saints, you guys. Well, I'll give you that. But uh, just eh, this game, he found the end zone at the end of the game. Like, come on. Like, you couldn't have done that in the last three quarters? He found it in the last two minutes of the entire game. <sighs> I know you told me to have fun with this match, and I I'm going to be respectful. Both of these teams sucked in what they could have done offensively. This is a defensive matchup. <sighs> and then, like, I don't know, man. Did you, did you hear, this is completely off topic, but it is relevant to Brady. Did you hear that apparently Brady and his wife Giselle are now, like, butting heads about, like, him coming back to retirement? I think he's sleeping in a separate house from Giselle, and because of football, because of his choice to return back to football. So this man is, like, possibly going through a divorce. And I, like, not not divorce, but I mean, like, you know what I'm talking about. This man's separated from his wife. He's taking Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesdays off to go be with his kids instead of practicing. Why did this guy come back to the league? I'm really concerned about the Bucks. if this is how the GOAT's going to look. Even at 45. I don't care about your age. You wanted to come back, and you wanted to have a Super Bowl run. That is the expectations this season. And it doesn't look... If you play like this, you're not meeting them, Brady. You're not needing them. You're better than this. I still have faith in you. And anybody who doesn't have faith in Brady is a fucking idiot. But That's still, I'm just, I'm just calling him out this week. Brady, get your 45-year-old ass together. Get this team where it needs to be. Get yourself where it needs to be. Get this red zone offense. I don't care what you need to do. I know Gronk's gone, but you still have two fucking good tight ends and Kyle Rudolph and Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray is a wow. Like he's, he's been the, the, the Bucks like safety net for the past couple of years, and I love him. Use him in the red zone. Use Kyle Rudolph in the red zone. Use these tight ends. Like, use this offense. Like, this has so much potential. This is probably most, we have Julio. I mean, no one didn't play, but come on now. Like, you gotta make it work. You gotta make it work. You even said it in one of the interviews, this is a quarterback's job, is to work with what he has around, no matter who's injured, no matter all the stars being out, he has to make it work. If you come out against like this, and who do we play next week? Chiefs? Come out against yeah, them. Chiefs. Come out against them, bro. You are in for a slacking. And I'm not talking about the slacking that we gave the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's going to be the other way around. It's going to be the other way around if Brady does, does like this, keeps playing like this. I'll be honest, as far as this game is concerned, I don't have much to say. Uh, I fell asleep. Just <laughs> gotta say that I kind of I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You had two goats at the quarterback position, and they do this. Yeah, I, I expected a good game. I didn't expect the offensive juggernauter. Like, don't get me wrong, but I expected more than twenty six points in total by both teams, and having to wait till Tom till the fourth quarter for Tom Brady to finally get a touchdown. So, I mean, I I, I agree with everything Nick said. There, uh, you know, they need to come in a lot better if they want to beat the Chiefs and way beyond better if they want a Super Bowl because they got some serious competition in this league. Very serious competition. Uh, I'm not sure if it's these two teams, but it was a nice little game. Uh, fun game. The Falcons versus the Seahawks. The Falcons ended up being the Seahawks um, on the road, 27-23. to 23. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, for my viewers, our viewers, I'm sorry, but for all, all of the people who, who love my take on my Bucks. I think that last segment just took all the air out of me. But nonetheless, I will continue. Um, the Seahawks and the Falcons. Boy, this two teams that seem like they are not really going anywhere, or at least they're going to be stuck in limbo for a while, especially trying to figure out the quarterback position. I mean, if you asked the average fan about which quarterback would probably get the – which quarterback would probably start first this season, some people would even say – would say Kenny Pickett, but other people would say Desmond Ritter, who is the backup for Marcus Mariota. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people don't think Mariota is that good me included, but he's proven me wrong this season, and he's proven me wrong uh, in the game against the Seahawks. Uh, so, like, Marcus Mariota, you know, like, he did throw an interception this game, but, you know, Mariota's kind of, like, doing his thing right now, 
he, he's, try, he's trying to find the end zone. Uh, he's Cordell Patterson is really, really making it work on the ground. He had 141 yards on the ground. Pitts is doing his thing. Drake, Drake London is trying to find his stitch in this offense. And then got the Seahawks side. Geno actually played a decent game. He had two touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, both, both QBs threw uh, the interceptions. But, you know, this is a very, this is a game between two franchises that I think that, like I said, are going to be stuck in a little bit of a limbo period. I'm not even sure that these teams are going to be like the worst teams in the league. I don't think that at all. I think the Seahawks are a fine team. I think the Falcons are a fine team, but fine is as far as I'll go. I think fine is as far as I'll go in terms of like their potential. So like I said, these are two teams that are really fringing like on like the five, you know, five and like 12, like eight and nine type range. They're really flirting with that. And uh, it was just a very fun matchup to see two teams that have like, you know, aspirations to do better as a roster and at the quarterback position, because let's be honest, I don't really think that both of them are going to extend their tenure very long, even though I do love what Mariota and what, G and what Gino are doing right now, uh, extending their careers. I just don't see them as viable uh, QB1 options down the line. And uh, yeah, it was just fun to see them show off what they what they still have at this point of their, of their lengthy careers and see where they go from here uh, and see where the franchises go from here after this game. So like gutsy win by the Falcons, uh, tough loss to the Seahawks, and we'll see what happens uh, with these two franchises later on. You know what's funny? I'm going to quote, quote um, Maxwell Jacob Freeman here. If you don't know who he is, the um, all elite wrestling wrestler. These two teams, the Falcons and the Seahawks, are um, two mid teams. They're mid. So you're calling them mid Carter? Yeah, they would. Yeah, if they if if NFL teams were a wrestling card, they would be in the mid card. They would be fighting for like the TNT championship. Okay, you could have said you could have said something a little better, like the US title or the IC title, but you want an AEW one there, so I can't fault you. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're an AEW type of team. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Now, speaking of uh, another game that put me a bit a bit on a snooze, but you know, still noteworthy. Russell Wilson got a, got his second win at the Denver Bronco. Be it, I don't think Russell Wilson looked looked that great, but they did just enough to win. They beat the San Francisco 49ers Sunday night, 11 to 10. You would think it was a baseball game, but it's not. 11 to 10, Denver Broncos. Oh God, that was your segue to start, uh, because I, I'm not, honestly, I, can't think I don't even mind it. I don't even mind it. I don't even mind it because this game was a snooze fest. This might have been worse than I mean, like I'm a different breed because I am a Bucks fan, but it is. Uh, it might have been even worse than a worse watch like here than the. Bucks I agree. Game. I can agree with that because like, God, didn't like Jimmy G like I, I saw bits and pieces of this because. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Like, I looked at the score and I was like, "Hey, that new Jeffrey Dahmer uh, docu uh, documentary, like miniseries, is on Netflix." And I was like, "Is this better than watching Sunday football?" And I was like, "Look at the score again." I was like, "Yeah, it is." So I did that. I, I think that Garoppolo like ran out of the end zone and got a safety or something. That he yeah. pulled. He pulled a Dan Orlovsky and he ran out the thing. So now Orlovsky can can like cheer now. Like he he's he's not the only quarterback that's dumb enough to do that. I mean, I love Dan. I love you, but I mean. Listen, you can, you can, you can great your, analyst, great analyst, great analyst. Yeah, Dan, you can come out of your shadow now. Like, like somebody else did it, and he's more successful than you, so you can come out now. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just like crazy game. You would think, uh, with San Francisco and all the weapons and all of the like things that they have at their disposal, fighting a team that is relatively new, especially with their QB situation, or getting with a new QB from a new team and somebody who's returning to their old team with pretty much all the pieces around him back into the starting QB spot. You would think that this would be an easy win for Jimmy G and the and the uh, Niners, but it just didn't turn out that way. And um, yeah, both these guys just didn't look great. They they didn't look great at all. Uh, and uh, just like just watching the highlights, I mean, like it was just snooze fest. The defensive snoo uh, defensive game, and it's just I, I'll say this: I think the Niners actually have some cause to pause if Garoppolo 
plays like this again and again and again. And if he keeps playing like this, it opens up the... Well, let me let me pause that real quick. I'm going to go to the Broncos very fast. The Broncos are still caused to pause. Come to breaks on this 2 and one thing. Offense is still new. Offense is still, like, fresh. We don't know how they're going to finish in the in the West. So come to breaks on these guys. We still have to see how they, how they finish out. They had an ugly, ugly win here. Uh, yeah. And Wilson didn't do very much to, to uh, do anything. So Broncos country, let's hold, let's hold the brakes on this one. Let's not ride. Let's hold the brakes. Tranquilo, break. guys. Easy. Well, I just want to go back to the Niners real quick. Like, if Garoppolo, because we saw Lance, even though he had a very small serving size, we saw Lance play early in the season. He didn't look that well. Then we saw, then we, then we saw Jimmy Garoppolo come out this game and lay a stinker against a team that I think he should have beat. And by the end of this, right, is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan looking at the QB room, and they're probably going to be like, okay, which one do we go with? They go with the young rookie, we commit to him, which I think they publicly said still. Yep. Or do, we, or, or do we keep on re-signing Garoppolo as an insurance policy? Maybe not as a start as an insurance policy. Or I will open a third door to all of you viewers. What if, by just the random chance and luck, that they end up going with none of them, and they end up like cleaning the slate right then and there? Listen, it's better to get out of a bad situation early than to keep being in it. And if you know for certain that Garoppolo can't win the big game with you, and you know for certain that Lance isn't going to take you there, if you know that early on, wouldn't it be smart to let Garoppolo walk, trade Trey Lamb, and get either a veteran or a quarterback in the draft that you know is going to be a, a surefire hit? Like, I mean, when Trey Lance came out, I mean, he skipped the whole year because of COVID, and then I think like he played like Central Michigan, and I think he he was really bad in that game, and the Niners are just like, oh, he looks like, he looks like a Pat Mahomes on the deep ball. Let's go get him. Like, I mean, like, Pat Mahomes came from Texas Tech. Just because he's like, just because like he he's he's like he looks like him and throws like him doesn't mean he is. So I mean, like, they might have just screwed up on. Him. They might they 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 once they re-signed Garoppolo, they opened the door of doubt. And it seems like that this door of doubt is creeping up more now that they don't know that their insurance policy could win them games either. So we'll see how this season goes. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what if there is an opportunity to go get another person, a la a Bryce Young? If you could, if you had the opportunity to go get one of these boys in the draft would you or would you get get a really expensive free agent that's good at quarterback would you would the Niners do it does that put them higher in the Super Bowl poll who knows I think their roster outside of their quarterback is too talented to tank the season that's right. that's kind of my thing with that like I I just don't want to see everyone else suffer because I think they do have a good team around Jimmy G they have a good team around Trey Lance and you know let's relax on Trey Lance look did he play well the last two games no had he looked great you know at the san francisco 49er not really but it's been what a year and two games and probably not even that because like can we really even count last year for real this is his true year at the starting quarterback and unfortunately a bad injury just happened to him and it's unfortunate but it is what it is we i think it's sometimes you just need to relax on these young quarterbacks and remember that just like anyone in a professional workplace they're learning you know you got to give these young guys time to grow, adapt to the offense. Because, again, college football and NFL football, the whole different game. It's a whole different game on the field and a whole different game mentally. There's a lot to go through. So I, I always say just, you know, let's relax. Let's give it time because, hey, listen, we're giving two a time. We gave two a time, and so far it looks like it's working out. And I think right now, give Trey a chance. Let him come back, and let's see what happens. All right. So we're just about to wrap up here. We're going to quickly talk about the Monday night game. But before we do, make sure you all follow the West Next podcast on Instagram. All you have to do is go on Instagram. And what's the Instagram handle, Nick? It's at what's next podcast. Damn Pretty it. sure that's the Instagram handle. It's underscore what's next podcast. Of, I, I, I know this. I know there's a lot of underscores in it. <laughs> <laughs> one, in, one in the beginning, one at the end. Underscore what's next podcast. Underscore the 
Instagram. We are at over a thousand followers. I want to get to eleven hundred followers. Eh, maybe that's I want to get to a thousand fifty followers by next up. If we can do it once, we can do it again. Let's get this high profile going. I'm gonna continue supporting you. You support me. It's gonna be great. Also, you can find these episodes. You can find episode four when it's released on Spotify, RSS.com, and Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is type in "What's Next Podcast" on Apple, and you will find it. It will be one of the premier "What's Next" podcasts. Because if you've been looking at uh, looking it up the regular way, just type me in "What's Next Podcast." Yes, there's other What's Next podcasts out there. But mine is unique. All you have to do is see the two little clouds in the black background, and you will see the What's Next podcast logo. That's what you're looking for. But here's the best way to look it up. All you have to do is type in my name, Chanel Wilkins, and it instantly comes up. All you have to do is type in C-H-A-N-N-E-L-L-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you will find the What's Next podcast on Apple. And on Spotify, same exact thing. You can type in What's Next podcast. All you have to do is look for the two clouds in the black background, and that is me. Or you can type in my name, C-H-A-N-N-E-L-L-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you all know how to find it on rss.com. Also, sponsorships. We are... I want to let you all in on a little insider shit we are getting close to our first sponsor you know and this is a big deal for me personally because this is a little bit of a paycheck you know nick looked a little shocked but it's the case yes we are close to doing a little bit of profiting off the west next podcast um i'm not gonna say which sponsor it is yet i just don't think it's the time quite yet but we are doing some very good stuff here and it's because of your support lately especially lately so i appreciate each and every single one of you for that so yeah a lot of stuff good stuff going on on the channel thanks to me thanks to nick provenzato and thank and more importantly it's cut to you guys supporting us so much love to each and every single one of you now we have we might have another 3-0 team after tonight man the giants are going up against the dallas cowboys america's team you know it's gonna be a interesting little matchup let's see if daniel jones can get the giants to 3-0 what do you think uh well i've been going back and forth in my head over the last couple days kind of figuring out which of these teams are gonna get the upper hand on each other oh my god i was on the rich eisen uh show and i was listening to he had both daniel jones and cooper rush's guest on the show let me tell you oh my god cooper rush did not have much to say he is very much at the at the press conference of how he is uh, uh on the phone he is like stone-faced and he just says all the things that you say at a press conference like boy this guy does not have anything of interest to say at all daniel jones didn't really have anything else to say really about the matchup but you know he said that he's keying in on uh number 11 michael parsons because he did quote that he was a very good player and they need to watch out for that whole d-line but um thanks captain obvious yeah i mean i mean don't tell me don't play don't say me captain obvious that's uh I'm, no i'm talking about daniel jones, it, captain captain daniel jones. i mean i definitely have me i'm just a messenger bro this is a yeah, messenger. No, I, I don't shoot messengers don't yeah shoot okay messengers. yeah no but yeah captain obvious yeah michael parsons is very good if you haven't noticed that but um yeah uh i'm honestly gonna have to rock with the giant on this one i'm not gonna lie i have to rock with the giants on this uh i just think that saquon is on a roll right now and i just think that uh, you know that running attack if as long as uh dj continues to play how he's been playing and he doesn't make mistakes and he keeps the hold of the football and this team relies on their running game it'll they'll most likely run the football down the dallas cowboys throat this game and i just think that's just how the game is going to go if they keep doing and keep to their philosophy of how they've been playing hard-nosed football really tight games but i think that the giants have enough to really secure the win i mean I, the thing is i don't really I, I think cooper rush actually has a chance in this game but i just don't think that it's as big of a chance as dj does with with his team because i think that with this new coach and, and brian dayball uh big dayball that uh this is that this is just a you know uh, this is just a, a new time for him to re-explore the offense and try some new things and have safer throws and be better at protecting the ball. And I feel like the DJ has done that the last two weeks. And Cooper Rush, we don't really have a lot of film on him. I mean, the dude did win two start two starts, but one came last year against the Vikings and now against the, the Bengals, which is pretty good wins. But you you gotta like take back and be realize okay, there's a reason why he is a backup quarterback 
behind Dak Prescott. Now, in my opinion, he could do something to really make a QB co- competition. Not to say that there is going to be one, but there could be. Just, just letting y'all know. But um, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones is really trying to head that direction because Jerry loves drama. But um, yeah, I just don't think that 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 this team has enough firepower to keep up or to dish out against the Giants' firepower of a rush. So I just think that's ultimately the Giants win this game. Wow. Uh. I almost don't have much to add to that. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, this was your best analysis of a game I've seen you do. This was hell, hell of an analysis, and there's not much I can add there. I'm, I'm just going to add that I agree with him, and I think the Giants are going to win. I think they're just a slightly better team. I believe in their defense a little bit more. I think they're just more dynamic defensively. So I think you know they'll neutralize Cooper Rutch and Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of the team. And I think the Giants you know, are running through Saquon Barkley right now, and I think that's going to be successful, especially for the early times right now. Now, I think when they face more dangerous teams, then there's room for concern. But I think Dallas is not a dangerous team at all. So I'm giving the Giants the 3-0. and And I support this, and I love this, because like we said, we are in... In the tri-state area we are in new jersey and there's a lot of people who support the new york giants around here so you know let's say for I, i'm not saying this is going to happen but let's say the giants win the super bowl how fun would it be to celebrate in new york a giant super bowl wouldn't it be fun be pretty epic it would be pretty epic now i'm not now nah, i'm loyal because i'm not gonna take off the miami dolphins shit if that happens but you know am i a traitor if i go to another team super bowl party no does that make me a traitor super bowl, super bowl, well first of all if you're a real nfl fan you don't go to the Super Bowl party. You, you stay, you keep it close with a couple of friends that actually know what they're talking about. And you're not dealing in a room with a bunch of casuals that just sit by and be like, oh, you know, I thought that commercial was pretty good. No, you're there to watch no. the damn game. No. So only if those Super Bowl party fans, if you are with a room with a bunch of other NFL, only way you're going to enjoy yourself. You're not going to, you're not going to be, listen, for all you straight guys that listen to this podcast, you're not going to have a lot of fun. As opposed to the gay ones, Nick? Uh, well, I mean, like, what's it called? <laughs> to all the straight guys listening to the podcast. Well, because because I can't really speak for the like my, my two listen a little personal. Two of my best friends are gay, so they can speak about it. They're they're absolutely like bandwagons. I can tell both of them. I'm not gonna reveal, I'm not gonna expose them right now, but they're both yeah. bandwagons. So, um, but uh, that's not here. No, I can't speak on, on the on the on uh you know gay, but I can speak on the straight side because I am. And listen, you're not I'm gonna sure. have you're not gonna have a very fun Super Bowl party where your girl and all of her friends are there and. They're going to be talking about, oh my God, they're just going to be they're going to be talking about every other thing but the game. And then you're going to be trying to listen into the commentary, you're going to be trying to watch the game, and some, some idiot's going to be blocking the screen, or somebody's going to be chowing on some pizza, talking about what commercial is going to be on next. Like, you don't oh, need they're that. They're going to be talking about Rihanna this year. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So you don't need that. If you want a Super Bowl party, if you're a real NFL fan, you want to you put it, have a tightly knitted group that are committed to watching football, and then you do it like that. That's the best Super Bowl party in my NFL fan. Football, pizza, and beer. Like, like a real American should, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like a real American. Amer- 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 All right. So we're going to end on there. Thank you all so much for watching. Oh, well, hold on, Marcel, Marcel. There was one game that we did not talk about today. And, uh, you know, I just, for all these viewers here, uh, I think uh, Chanel over here is not trying to acknowledge his tribal chief. I, I I think that he's not trying to acknowledge his starting quarterback. I think he's trying to get away with a fast one. I, I, I praised him already, bro. I, I, listen, Tua did a great job this game. He did a nice job. I'm glad he won. He got the touchdowns when it mattered. Our defense played a good game. This was, oh yeah, we, I, I feel like we kind of already talked about it. Great win by the Miami Dolphins, and you need to respect the Miami Dolphins as a top 10 team. I don't care what nobody says. If NFL.com, CBS Sports, USA Today, if you all don't, you know, when you all do your daily power rankings, right, if you all don't have the Miami Dolphins as a top 10 team, there's going to be hands thrown. Um, and it, it's not gonna be by. I'm not gonna be fighting the people from USA Today. I might just. I don't know. Maybe I'll pick on a high schooler or something that's 18. 
Whoa. Whoa. I, I might just punch an 18 year old just randomly because it's legal. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm completely. I'm not. I'm not gonna hurt anybody. Not any person or animal. But you know, I might hurt. A I, I, I was holding my breath when he said person. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hurt some items around my house. Maybe in the workplace. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, not in the workplace. I'm not going to do that. Uh, in the house, 100% in the house, I will hurt some items if the Miami Dolphins are not respected as the top 10 team by this week. And we'll end on that. So if I come next episode very annoyed, very frustrated, it might be because the Dolphins lost. I don't honestly think so. I think the Dolphins are going to be 4 0, and I think we're going to ride this wave for a long, long, long time. So Miami Dolphins, top team, top 10, show respect, and we're going to end there. Thank you all for watching the What's Next podcast. I have been Chanel Wilkins. I've been Nick Provenzano. Thank you all for over 1,000 followers on Instagram. Thank you all for supporting the channel and showing us love. Let's keep it growing. Let's keep, let's set the bar even higher. And we're out. Much love. Bye, y'all.